Today we're talking about the music of the 90s for our summer series for Smart Good. We're talking about all the things in the 90s and leadership lessons, life lessons that we can glean from the glorious 90s. The glorious 90s before the millennial. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Whatever. My name is Noelle Rhodes, and I co-host this show with my dad, Todd Polinek a business consultant for over 30 years, and together we talk about what it means to live the upgraded American dream, making money while making a difference in this world. In this new season of episodes, we're going to be talking about the 90s, leadership lessons we can glean from our favorite parts of this glorious decade. All right, it's time to tune in to Smart Good, a podcast for entrepreneurs with a big heart. So it's interesting about the music of the 90s is that it's pretty diverse. Oh my gosh. Very diverse. I mean, you got like the Macarena mm-hmm. and then you've got Blink-182. You do. And you also have something that came out, which was really much more prevalent in the 90s than before. Which is? You had music videos. Oh, yeah. But um, there weren't any music videos in the 80s? There were, but it's the 90s that people were the really 90s started The 90s really started watching them. Okay, The 80s, I didn't know that. yeah, for sure. But the 90s, yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch music videos. No, 90s. we didn't let you watch music videos. <laughs> I'm the only one who watched the music videos in the family. Um, yeah, so the 90s was interesting, too, because that was sort of when sort of grunge rock yep. kind of became more uh, prevalent. I mean, Nirvana. Yep. Weezer. Yep. There was all kinds of sort of that grunge music that really spoke to the youth of the day. Garage rock. Garage rock. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there was a whole sort of like fashion, fashion uh, culture that was really attached to the music of the 90s. Yep. Which there was. I don't want to talk too much about that because we'll talk about that in a future episode. But, um, I remember for me, one of my favorite bands in the 90s was a three-piece band that came out of New Orleans. Do you know what band it was? Let's see if you remember. Better Than Ezra. That's right. It was one of my... How can I forget? It's still one of my favorite bands. Um, It wasn't... I wouldn't say it was the most popular band of the 90s. They just had one or two good songs. They had like one or two... Not... They had lots of good songs. Okay. And one or two good albums, I would say they had one or two hits. One or two hits. That kind of went radio. But for whatever reason, I attached myself to Ben and Ezra. And when they would come to New York City, they would play... I don't know. I know they played The Bitter End once. They played other places. They played in a few places. And you used to take me and drink my covers for me. Yes, that's a story that... You told once before, I used to drink your covers because obviously you're underage. I was 14. Yes. But it was still very cool that you took me. Yes, I did. I used to take you with other dads, with their kids. With other accountants. Other accountants. <laughs> yes. See, accountants can be cool. Dramatic pause. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Um, I loved Better Than Ezra and I love their music. And believe it or not, the, the lead singer of Better Than Ezra, I can't remember his name, but he's written a lot of music for other people. Really? I don't know who off the top of my head, but a lot of country singers. I didn't know that. Like country pop. 
Mm-hmm. So Better Than Ezra is not like his only main source, but they're still going. They've changed a few of their band members, but the lead, the lead vocalist and the lead, I guess he writes all the lyrics, he's still there. Kevin something. Kevin something. I can't remember his name right now. But I loved Better Than Ezra. I had all the albums. I knew all the words. I went into the city and saw them. I mean, I wasn't interested in seeing Backstreet Boys or Britney Spears. I wanted to go see this three-piece garage band. Which wasn't bad. I even was able to get into it. You liked it a little bit? A little bit. All right. Now, what were you listening to in the 90s? Do you remember? Man, that was a long time ago. I actually do remember what you listened to all the time. What was it? Alice Cooper released some kind of new album in the 90s. I think it might have been the mid-90s, later 90s. Well, and, we'll have to do some research. And you listened to it like nonstop. I think I, lis- I think I listened to, again, I was just listening to the music of the pre-90s. Of the 80s? The 80s, the 70s, the 60s, not the 50s. That was too long ago. That was too long ago. Yeah, the classic rock I've always liked. Yeah. So, but no, what we'll have to research what I was really listening to I, in the nineties. I'm 90s. pretty sure you listened to a lot of Alice Cooper. Okay, so that definitely is going to label me with some people. <laughs> um, the music of the nineties was a little bit more. Well, I think I don't know. This is my opinion. I think every decade has a little bit of angst, mm. something that they're like against. And for me, because I was a child of the 90s, I do feel like, oh, there was such angst in the 90s, but they're probably still angst Pretty much. Now. They're just angst. In the music. They're angsting in a little different They're angsting a little bit differently, but I do think there was this sort of feeling of being against the man. Whoever the man may be. Whoever he is, we're against him. We're against whoever the man is. (laughs) Wherever you are out there, man, we're against you. You know, and it was like the whole like... Um, punk rock scene and like everyone was getting piercings and tattoos and like all these things that you were doing really from the point of view rebelling it wasn't necessarily I wouldn't say you were expressing yourself like you are today right it was more like you just wanted to be a differently bad you want to make your parents upset so yes, you, got, you just you wanted get, to do something you know your parents would be mad about so you get the eyebrow ring yeah which was well, a was bad idea well is it yeah okay i would stand by that All right. i never got it okay but i do think that that was like the tenor of the music culture is we're going to rebel right which wasn't too much far off from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, too. And I guess now here we are. Yeah, here we are again. Rebelling. Rebelling. Against whoever the man is. Whoever the man is. We're rebelling against him. As you mentioned before, there was quite diversity in the 90s music. Like, you had the Britney Spears. You had uh, Nirvana. You had the Macarena, Ricky Martin. Um, all those uh, boy bands were, you know, yeah. the 90s were definitely a place where they really thrived. But what was interesting about the 90s, when I look back, music really defined who you were. So, like, if you were into rave music, you were a raver. If you were into punk rock music, you were a punk rocker. And it's different now because you can be listening to all kinds of music and it doesn't necessarily 
define even like the way you dress or even your beliefs. You can listen to, you know, hip hop and then the next song can be classic jazz and nobody thinks that's weird in 2020. But I think back in the 90s, we definitely stayed in our little kind of pods and the music was what defined us. True. So I think that in 2020, in many ways, we've grown as people. It's true. We're we've, more open to diversity. We're more open to be eclectic. Eclectic, exactly. Like the music, the things we're into don't necessarily define us. They don't give us a label, so to speak. And that there's this openness. But I think that there's some of us who might be afraid of doing that too. And why is that? I don't know. But I do think that the more eclectic you are in your interests, I think it makes you a better leader, personally. I think being, yeah, having a lot of different things that you gravitate towards and hold to and experience is better than sometimes being narrow. Also, if you look in the 90s, and again, I guess I'm speaking from my own experience, but the people you hung with were the people that listened to the same music as you. So it became part of your group. Yeah. Your community was solely... And you can even see that, and we'll talk about this later on, but if you look at the movies, right, in the 90s, like, oh, here are the jocks, and here are the nerds, and, you know, here are the arty people, and that's a little bit less defined now. Yeah. You know, you can be you know, sporty and in, in interested in technology. And, and again, music, just because you, you know, are sporty doesn't mean that you don't like specific music. You couldn't really even assume what someone would like now or what was on their playlist. Agreed. So I think that's kind of a cool thing that we need to leverage that we live in a time where, you can hang out with an eclectic group of people and you can have an eclectic um, set of interests. You don't have to be in a box. But I think that even though you don't have to be in a box, we inwardly think we have to be in a box. How so? Well, I think, have you ever heard people say, like, you just need a niche, you need a niche, you need a niche, you need to find that yeah, one thing. Yeah, niche, the niche, the niche. I think that that has... Kanish is better than a niche. <laughs> Kanish is I think tasty. I think uh, the 90s, there was a niche. Like like I said, there was this music and there was that music. And if you were into that music, you dressed that way. You hung out with that, those people. You had those set of beliefs. And now it's much more eclectic. But I think the idea of niching has even kind of, in many ways, made us feel like we have to do that personally. Right. Brand ourselves into a niche. Right. And we can kind of feel like, well, I... I I like um, I like painting, but I also like doing business. And in the 90s, that would be kind of weird. Now it's okay, but then we feel like we can't actually marry the two in in like business and using our resources to do good in the world. Does that make any sense? It does. So how can we leverage this time where these things don't matter as much to 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 make money and make a difference? So one, I think one starts with your attitude of being open to the possibility of other things. Right. That's a place to start. Right. And second is a willingness to um, 
accept the fact that when you do experience different things, it's okay for you not to like them all. Having the courage to be disliked. Or not understood, I should say. Well, both. And having the courage to, to stand up for things that you believe strongly in that perhaps even the your culture and the environment and the times are against. That's takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of courage. It does. You almost need to harness that that nineties like, you know, we're going to we're going to stand against the man. Yes, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take it. I don't know if that's from the 90s or not. I don't know. It probably has always been existence, but at least for me, that's what I remember. I meant the song. Oh. <laughs> we're not going to take it. Yeah. Like so. I don't know. Do you know that song? I don't know that song. Okay, you're going to have to Google it. Now I have to Google it and put it, it. put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. But um, so to be willing to be to hold to diversity and being willing to take a stand is a it's it's a challenge because um you know we live in a time when it's almost like to take a stand on anything is a bad idea right and to vocalize the stand you're taking is even a worse idea because then you're labeled a blankety blankety blank fill in the blanks yeah but yet to really um be part of being smart and doing good you do have to take stands even if they're unpopular i mean we can talk for deck for hours about um the songs that were written it'd be interesting for it to go through and see what the real theme songs were that were written right, in the 90s right. i don't know if there were very many that you would say you know that song changed the world maybe we'll let our listeners write maybe. in and say what songs in the 90s were written that really changed for the good the world right yeah don't they say that music has that power to influence people i think so i can't well the macarena is still played at every wedding and uh, (laughs) that definitely has changed the world so diversity diversity i think it's a good thing Mm -hmm. i think it's something that needs to be engaged and i think it's something that needs to be lived out personally but at the same time you gotta take a stand for something. Gotta take a stand. Absolutely agreed. All right. Okay, three takeaways and a question as we learn from the music of the 90s how to do smart good. Okay, the first thing that we talked about was having an attitude of openness and embracing diversity, which we do find today in 2020. There is much more a bent towards openness and diversity. In the 90s, not that there wasn't, but you can see how people were really separated from each other based upon the music that they liked. Again, you know, punk rockers listen to punk rock, you know, uh, hip hoppers listen to hip hop. And really your community and the way that you dressed and even how you conducted yourself was heavily influenced by the music you listen to. Today, I think because of the power of playlists and Spotify and all that stuff, uh, we really do have a much more eclectic taste in music on an individual level. Most people are not just listening to one genre of music. So we need to really harness this awesome openness and having this attitude towards diversity that this could be a good thing that helps us lead well so important so in this sense i think we're in a better place than we were in the 90s 
But number two, the second takeaway is we still have to have the courage to be disliked, which I think the 90s really helped us out in that, you know, being against the man, having that angst, taking a stand. As much as we want to hold diversity and be a person towards openness, we also need to be a person who's willing to take a stand, especially if you want to do smart good. We have to say, okay, if we want to see good in the world, then there are are going to be things that we have to be against, like injustice, evil, corruption, all that stuff. And the last takeaway that we have is, remember, it is okay to be eclectic, but it's also okay that you don't have to like everything. I think that this is one of those things where you the pendulum really does swing. Like we either feel like, oh my gosh, I have to love everything. I have to be you know, a person that my preferences are incredibly loose. Um, that's not true. You can have likes and dislikes because you are a human being, or as my dad would say, you are a human being. So yeah, learn to be eclectic. It's okay to try different things. It's okay to have a plethora of interests. The fact that you like painting does not necessarily mean you're a bad business person. And the fact that you're a business person does not mean that you're less artistic. But at the same time, you can have preferences. You can like some things and not like other things. You can like sushi and not like Taco Bell, which is the story of my life. I don't really care for Taco Bell. And no matter how much anybody tries to convince me otherwise, I'm always going to prefer sushi over Taco Bell. So here's the question I have. What is the thing that we're saying right now that will leave an imprint on the world like the Macarena? (laughs) One of the questions my dad asked me was if there was a song in the 90s that I felt changed the world. And the first song that came to my mind was the Macarena because we were given the magic of the Macarena in the 90s. And I have not been to one single wedding or Sweet 16 where they did not play the Macarena. And nearly the whole room gets up and dances to it. Even if they weren't dancing to the other songs, when the Macarena is played, there's just something that compels you to move. And so my argument is that that song, (laughs) at least for me, was a song that changed the world and it is awesome. So I really feel like the question I want to ask myself is what am am I saying and what am I contributing to this world that's going to leave an imprint that 10, 20, 30 years later is going to have an effect, is going to move other people to pursue smart good for themselves and for their communities? It's a big question, but it's a question that we need to just stop every once in a while. It's good to ask ourselves the big questions that we, you know, really do commit ourselves to do this work that is so needed in the now. So that's the question. What are we saying or doing or contributing to this world that is going to change it for good? What is our Macarena. Okay, that's all for today's episode. Go out there and do the smart good that you were created to do. We believe in you 100%. You got this. So go do it. Till next time. Hey, 
Are you enjoying this podcast? Did you like this episode? Then do us a huge favor. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And while you're there, leave in the comments why you like the show. Thanks so much for being a friend.